0: All right, let's find our way back to our seats if we can. So, a little bit different format in that we changed our service time, going back to one service at ten o'clock. I'm going to alternate, uh, going to alternate throughout the month between our worship team and meditation, to try to kind of still meet everybody's needs there. Uh, but we are officially. No longer uh, New Day Church at all, um, but strictly the Awakening Center. That's been a three-year journey for us, <laughs> almost exactly. And so we're having a celebration this, you know, following the service. You can stick around and eat a little bit and um, we'll do a question and answer time. So if you have any questions about where we're going or what we're doing, <clears throat> that'll be an opportunity for us to respond to that. But also, we will be celebrating uh, mortgage burning because we paid off our building. So it's nice to uh, have the building free and clear, huh? second building we've paid off, so we've been blessed. So I want to thank all of you for your um, contributions and support. And that really does help us financially to um, just paying it off. Helps us financially to uh, look at other opportunities and things out there for us as well. So anyway... We'll talk more about that after the service. How does that sound? Does that sound all right? We'll share a little bit about vision and structure, and again, like I said, have a question and answer time and have some time to eat. So anyway, great to see everybody. Everybody ready for the new year? The new decade, huh? The new decade. So like I said, this has been a three-year journey, and one of the things I want to say before I dive into everything, it has been amazing to me how many people are on this same Sort of spiritual awakening. Now I realize that people in here come from different, you know, kinds of backgrounds. Uh, but some of us and myself I'm gonna speak to specifically. You know, I was born and bred, uh, Christian from literally from my mother's womb, my earliest memories of stories. Being read to me were Bible stories from my mom's, uh, they called it a Hurlbut's Bible. It was a little story, Bible, uh, and I'm being drugged to church. You know, people would say they came to Jesus from a drug problem. <laughs> I came to Jesus, I came to Jesus out of a drug problem. I was drugged to Sunday school. I was drugged to church. I was drugged to youth group. I was drugged to, <laughs> right? <clears throat> For sure. And, uh, and so then, you know, uh, got radically radical at some point and ended up going to Bible college, becoming a pastor, getting a degree in psychology, getting a degree in clinical mental health counseling, and uh, traveled various different parts of the world, did lots of mission work, talked to groups small and large all over the place, was a consultant for other churches and ministries, served on the board of directors for a number of different nonprofits and ministry programs, did leadership conferences, In I did national leadership conferences. One of the first ones that I did was in Warsaw, uh, where there were leaders from all over Poland that were there. One of the conferences, national leadership conferences that I did in Kenya had tens of, well, not tens of thousands, had thousands of people uh, that were present for that, and we had um, the, the head of the entire um, uh, prison system, Kenya attended that. Uh, a number of, um, I don't know what they call them, but they're politicians or whatever, attended those conferences, did leadership conference in Austria. Anyway, I could go on and on and on about the things that I was able to do that I'm thankful for and that the Lord blessed me with. And then uh, to 2016 rolls around and all of a sudden everything changed, like everything changed. I went through this massive deconstruction process and I had a friend of mine who listens every week who um, now is a truck driver. He's a former pastor uh, who went through his own... <laughs> process, but he'll message me. Some of you know I'm Robert Osborne. He's been with us a few times. Um, but he messaged, messages me every Sunday morning faithfully. And he sent me a message this morning, and he said, 10 years ago, if you'd have you know, been able to see a window through time and see yourself in the future, <laughs> 10 years ago, uh, and see where you're at today. And I thought, I would have shot myself. I, I would have killed myself because I would have been sure that something crazy happened, and I was going to hell uh because that's how much that's how much my belief system and my consciousness and everything has shifted since that time and so what's amazing to me is how many people that I've run across met talked to uh and become friends with who have gone through almost the exact same kind of transition from that sort of uh fundamentalist version of christianity or charismatic christianity into something that's completely different um and there's this kind of buzzword that's running around right now. Some of you may have caught on to it called deconstruction. Uh, people are talking about that. So just last night, I, I, I saw somebody doing a live on Facebook. Not anybody I know, uh, but I, I went into it for a little bit. And the w- same thing, uh, born and bred into the church, uh, pastor, been in ministry for a long time, and going through using the term deconstruction and experiencing many of the same things. Uh, I ran across another video. Some of you may have heard of, I don't know if you have, but some of you may have heard of Jim Swilley. He was a megachurch pastor, uh, bishop. Had a church in the Atlanta area of about 3,000 people. Went through a similar process a few years ago. I think it started for him in about 2014. And, uh, he let go of his megachurch and now he's doing something similar to what we're doing. I went and looked at what he's doing. Uh, very, very similar. Um, talking about energy work, talking about um, doing meditation, about still doing worship. I thought, wow, here's somebody who's, you know, <clears throat> doing something similar. And I just happened to listen to one of his. I think it was a podcast because I was just curious to hear a little bit about his journey. And he said that someone had given him a prophetic word, uh, to, you know, before all this process started, that he would do something that had never been done before. And I thought that's and, and what, what the, what the person that was giving him that word meant was, there won't be a pattern for it, there won't be something you can look at to say, here's how it's done, you're gonna do something that nobody's ever done before. And I was looking at what he was doing and I was saying, that's what we're doing. And so it's not, you know, so it's happening all over, the world, really. and you. So we have an opportunity to be a part of something that is very, very cutting edge and I think can be very helpful to people and very powerful for people. But I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. So we're keep that in mind when we're doing questions. <laughs> But I'm so glad that you all are here. I'm so glad that you all are part of it and supporting it. And I think that together we can do something really uh, incredible. So having said that, let's let's talk about New Year's. Let's talk about the New Year's. So just in reflecting back, if I can kind of go with that same kind of uh, attitude and... And in the spirit of that, uh, I, I, used to set myself apart and seek, uh, prophetic words. And, and if, if you come from the charismatic world at all, now I don't know about other, you know, spiritual traditions, but in charismania, we always had a prophetic word for the new year, right? There was always something God was doing. And, and, and if it could rhyme, that was even better. <clears throat> Some of you that go a ways back. Cause, cause, you know, through the, uh, through the teens, it's kind of hard to keep rhyming, you know. <laughs> Right, but you know, it, it, but there was always a theme, like like God is doing this, and and it was always. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I could go on and on about that. So, so that was the first thing. There, there, there was a theme, and I'll come back to that in a minute. And then the other thing was that I would do is I would set myself apart and I would seek uh, God for some kind of sense of what was going to happen in the new year, what was going to happen in the future, and usually I would give some kind of prophetic declaration over the year, whatever, and particularly in presidential elections. I would I would seek God, you know, for the presidential elections. And when I would do that, I don't think that there was ever a time that I missed it, that, that I didn't get accurately what happened. In fact, in 2008, I told people uh, that there would be a stock market crash somewhere around the end of September and the beginning of October. And that that would, uh, and at, at this time, everybody's thinking Hillary Clinton was going to be the candidate, and that that would open up or, or create a momentum for Barack Obama to become president. Uh, <clears throat> and so I, I used to do that kind of stuff, right? And then I, I was thinking about it, and I thought, how silly. <laughs> I said that that whole thing is ridiculous, because here's, here's the thing. Like, we're going to find out who the president is going to be uh, sometime in November. <laughs> Like, who cares if you know ahead of time or not? In fact, knowing ahead of time, all it does is piss people off and create division. Because if you stand up and say this guy or this person or this woman or whoever it is is going to be president, then the people that don't support that person are going to be mad, and that's exactly what happened. The people that, that didn't want to see Barack Obama get elected, no, oh my God, I became the Antichrist, no, we've got to pray, and and so and so prophesied this. Well, I don't know, this is what I saw, and and then it just becomes divided. And for what? What? What good does it do to know ahead of time? It does you absolutely no good. You know what? The new year, the the year's going to unfold the way the year's going to unfold, and you'll find out when the rest of us find out. Right now. So now, now and and then there's these guys and I think they're profilers. liars. I think they're profit liars, but I can think of one in particular that that, you know, he was so accurate or whatever The the FBI was was meeting. And that's what these guys would say, you know, the FBI was wanting to get with them or the CIA or whatever. And, and I thought that what a crock. Because what m- most people probably don't know is that the CIA uh, cultivated their own uh, <laughs> psychic warriors under Project Stargate. They, they got their own stuff. They're not just going finding some random crazy Christian and 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 and, and trying to what. And you say, well, well, you know, and 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 then I'm thinking, you know, if if you're going to get a prophetic word, it ought to pertain to something you could do something about, like like, and and let's just say hypothetically, uh, how come someone did get a uh, prophetic word about 9/11? Well, as a matter of fact, someone did. Matter of fact, someone did. Went to the authorities, went to anybody that and everybody that they could think of to try to prevent that tragedy. And well, you know what happened? Nobody listened to him. You know what else happened? You know what happened after it happened? They went looking for him. Not because of his great prophetic psychic ability. Not seeking him out. Oh, can you tell us when the next one is? No, they thought he was involved. So all this ridiculous nonsense that we do... In the name of you know prophetic foretelling, why? Really ask yourself the question, why do we do that? Now here's the other thing that drives me nuts. Because you know, prophets would stand up and tell us this year is going to be about you know fill in the blank, uh increase or it's gonna like God can't multitask. <laughs> like first of all, like God is on our timetable to begin with. Right. Like, you know, he just can't wait for December thirty first. You know, I, I figure God takes some time between December 25th and December 31st and thinks, how can I make a rhyme? You know, how can I, how can I make it catchy? How can I, I mean, how can I market it? You, you, I mean, really? Right. <laughs> like, like God can multitask. Right? He can do more than one thing at a time. And guess what? He can work with groups and with individuals. Right? I mean, it's great if somebody stands up and says, okay, the Lord show me. And it was always breakthrough. You know, like, like this is going to be a year of breakthrough. And a lot of those years of breakthrough were my years of breakdown. (laughs) Like, what happened? (laughs) Anybody relate to that? You know, and so they say, well, this is going to be the year of financial increase. Well, that's great unless you need healing. (laughs) Then you want to go find the guy that's declaring this is going to be the year of better health. And I think I think some of this comes from us, and here's the point that I'm trying to get at. I think some of this comes because we have this idea that somehow the future is set in stone. That that somehow the future is prearranged, it's preset, whether it's set by God or it's set by the universe or it's set by the stars or it's set by whatever kind of uh, sowing and reaping, whatever you sowed last year, you're going to reap this year, whatever the case may be. But we have this idea that the future is somehow fixed and if we can somehow peer into that fixed reality, right, if if we can, or, or find out, What's, what's going on or whatever, then somehow we can get in step with it. I'm not sure exactly what we think. But I want to invite you to think about the possibility that the future is open. That the future is open-ended. That there are any myriad of potential possibilities and outcomes for you in your life in 2020 that it's not set because god said oh this is going to be the year of whatever this, or, or it's it's not even set astrologically because it's the year of the well, whatever jupiter went retrograde or something oh my god i mean you know you know what i'm saying like, like, what would happen if we just stopped believing, even subconsciously maybe, where we believe that somehow the future is is set for us, or somehow there is a specific plan? What about that? You know, what about, oh, i got to find the, the will of the Lord, or I've got to find the plan, or I've got to find, what what is my purpose? What is my identity? I mean, this is, you know, this is one of the things that, that you see in counseling a lot. Of. I, I want to find out who I am. And you might be 19 or 45. It seems like those are the two time spans, at least in a man's life, when they're trying to figure out who he is. Ask that question at 19, who am I? And then, for whatever reason, we wake up in our 40s and start asking that question all over again. (laughs) Any guys relate to that? You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe it just happened to me, I don't know. But anyway... Who am I? What's my purpose? What's gonna happen? And what if all of that is open-ended? What if there isn't a you that you are? That you have to discover or that you have to find? Like, what if the better question would be instead of, you know, who am I? What if the better question would be, who do you want to be? What what if, what if the the, the question instead of, what is my purpose? What do you want your purpose to be? What what if you are looking for something, not even looking for a needle in a haystack, sometimes trying to find out who you are, trying to find out what your purpose is, or trying to find out what the future is going to be. That's not even looking for a needle in a haystack. That's looking for a needle in a haystack where there's no needle. Seriously. Because what if there's no definitive answer to that? What if things are way more flexible than we ever imagined that they could possibly be? What if there isn't this right, wrong, uh, perfect will, acceptable will? What if there isn't this, this is who you are and you're locked into who you are? I mean, I I think there is a certain value to natal charts. I think there is a certain value to... Uh, what's, what's that thing called, Christine? Enneagrams? Enneagram numbers? I I think there's a certain value to whatever. You're, what's the Carl Jung test? Um, Myers-Briggs. You you know, maybe there's a certain value to all, to all that stuff so you can kind of discover where you're at. What, what if that stuff is just showing you what the patterns have been in your life? What if that's the purpose of those tools? You know, what if the purpose of those tools is to say, look, these are certain patterns that are showing up in your life. These are certain patterns that can show up in your life. These are certain struggles that you have. These are certain strengths and certain weaknesses that you have. But what if it isn't the same as like a uh, uh, mm, diagnosis? Uh, in the sense of, what if it was never meant or able to define you as an individual and say, this is who you are? Because the moment you say, this is who I am, you define yourself as an individual. And the moment you define yourself as an individual, you consciously or unconsciously set up certain parameters that then become limitations to what you can experience. Yes. Everything that we think, especially if we think and feel strongly, can become a blessing and a curse at the same time. It can become something that helps us understand ourselves, but it can also limit ourselves. It can be something that fuels us in a direction, but it can also be something that limits us from having other experiences. Rules that you live by, moral rules that you live by, values that you have, all of those things can be good things things that give you direction and give you a pathway to walk into the future, but they can also become things that limit you from other potential possibilities that you can experience that maybe, just maybe, your heart is crying out for, but you told yourself a long time ago you couldn't have those things. You couldn't do those things. You couldn't be those things. So what if part of this awakening, if you will, is to discover that within ourselves we have the potential to make any change that we want to make. And, and I, I, want to, I want to say this within, you know, limitation. When I'm saying make any change or, or have any experience, I don't want you to get the idea that you are Aladdin with an all-powerful genie walking around with a lamp and you can just control the universe. If there's anything prophetic in movies, it's, I'd say it like this, but the only one that comes to mind, I mean, you'll see this theme over and over again in certain science fiction movies, but the one that comes to mind right off the top of my head is the butterfly effect. Where he goes back in time and makes one change to try to improve things and make it better, but every time he makes a change, <laughs> there is also, it changes something else that also brings about a negative effect. So sometimes limitations to your ability to make change is a good thing because sometimes what you think you want to change only creates more mess for you down the road. And that's why it's really good sometimes to not reflect on things from a positive, negative, or good or evil perspective because when you make a change, there's always going to be a new challenge. There's always going to be a new challenge. We think we want this change in ourself. We think we want to experience this new thing. And the moment we make the change in ourself, and the moment we make the change to go experience the new thing, guess what? It creates and presents for us a whole different set of circumstances and challenges that we were completely unprepared for. And probably what you don't realize was, was it was changing that thing that you wanted to change to begin with, that presented... (laughs) that presented the challenging circumstances to begin with. Have you ever found yourself conforming to other people's opinions? Yes. Have you ever found yourself living your life trying because it's important to you to please other people? How much of yourself do you compromise to maintain a good relationship? Just ask yourself that question. How much of yourself do you compromise to maintain a good Relationship Or good relationships. Now, relationships are always about give and take, and it's always about managing needs and wants and desires. Right? So, that's just part of the deal. That's part of the game, right? But some people find themselves... Uh, there's a parable, and I think it's the Gospel of Thomas, that talks about a woman who has a vessel <laughs> filled with... Uh, flower and while she's walking home she doesn't realize there's a crack in the vessel and while she's walking home the flower is leaking out and by the time she gets home there's no more flower in the vase and sometimes we can give up so much of ourself little by little by little by little by little by little to try to please other people or maintain good relationships or please our boss or whoever, whoever whatever right that we get to our location, we get to our destination, we look in our vessel, it's completely empty. Because <laughs> we've compromised and we've given up so much. And so let's say you go through a certain awakening that says, you know what, I've been giving up this part of myself to try to keep everybody happy and I'm burnt out, I'm spent, my cupboards are bare, my vessel is empty and I need to make a change and the change that I'm going to make is I'm going to start honoring what I want and I am going to start being authentic about what I want in my relationships that is a great change to make because I think you can only build solid lasting fulfilling relationships from a place of integrity but here's the problem (laughs) you are gonna piss off every single person that you weren't pissing off before (laughs) by being inauthentic So guess what? You come out and say, I'm going to be an authentic me. Oh, this feels good. Oh, this feels whole. And now I've got a whole new set of problems. Now I've got a whole new set of problems that I have to deal with. Now I have a whole new set of chaos. Now I have a whole new challenge, a whole new mountain that I have to overcome. The the prophet so-and-so didn't, you know, Mr. FBI looking for you prophet, forgot to tell you about that. Are you breathing? So on the one hand, so, so here's the paradox. On the one hand, life will present you, I believe, with the challenges that you need for your own growth. That's why the, it's built into the universe. So when you make one change, a new set of challenges come to you, and because you're changing, because you haven't been this way before, you're not, you can be completely thrown back by those challenges, by those challenging circumstances that come back, completely thrown back. Because, you've never dealt with it before because you've never been this way before because you haven't operated in this cause and effect loop like this before. And so you say, oh, I feel completely ill-equipped. I don't know how to handle this. And so this is where the tension begins (laughs) between do you really want this? Or are you going to go back? And so here's, here's the one thing. I I was, I was reflecting back on a conversation I had with a person, a spiritual practitioner, uh, who offers a, just a 13 day, 14 day program to help you realize how much baloney you've believed. Yeah. She says, she says people get about three days into it and they'll quit. And I thought three days, like my God, what is this? You know, and I, I thought, do I want to do this? No, hell no! If people are quitting in three days. I don't want to do this to myself. But <laughs> but but we were talking about this. You know, like 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 certain things you have to go all in or don't go in at all. Because there's nothing worse than getting part than, than initiating a change in your life. And getting to the chaotic part of it and quitting. Because you can never fully go back to the person that you were before. (laughs) And you didn't pay the full price to press in to become the person that you were becoming. So here's what happens. You don't get the reward of the change because change takes time. And you can't go back ever To the comfort of what was. And so what happens with a lot of people is they just end up in this sort of state of limbo because they weren't prepared to see the change all the way through. And then their life is just, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They've lost their strength. They can't go back. They can't go forward. They're just forever stuck in like this transition is hell. And you can just get stuck there. So, this isn't really where I thought the message would go this morning. Because right. what I want to offer as just my little contribution for your New Year's thinking, because I think I think it is a great time. I think there's a uh, sort of a uh, collective group consciousness that says this is a good time to make change. This is a good time to think about the future. This is a good time to let go of the old and bring in the new, right? And I think that we can move with that momentum, and I think there's a power in that. So here's what I want to suggest. What about just giving yourself a fresh start? In somewhere in your life. Or giving someone else in your life a fresh start. How many of you ever played a video game? How many of you ever, if it was a home video game, not when you put money in at the arcade. How many of you ever hit the reset button (laughs) when things did not go your way? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Almost everybody that's ever played, right? And how many of you hit that reset button a few times? And how many of you felt so good when it reset, you know? Like, oh, I got a fresh start, right? Now, life is not a video game. I realize that. And you can't just hit reset and change the landscape of your life. But you can always get a fresh start. What would it look like to have a fresh start? What does it mean to have a fresh start? Well, to have a fresh start means that you erase... The mistakes and the experiences from the past. That you put that in the past. That you, like like our Italian friends say, that you forget about it. (laughs) Sounds simple, right? Sounds simple. But in all honesty, how often do we keep ruminating... About what coulda, mighta, shoulda been, or how often do we keep ourselves locked into this place of, well, I'm just a, I don't know, enneagram eight, or I'm just a, I'm a Virgo, and that's just how Virgos are, or I'm, whatever. How do, how do you define yourself, right? Like like what are you saying to yourself internally to keep yourself locked into a pattern that you're locked into? Just think about it for one minute. Just what is one area of your life that you'd like a fresh start? You, do you want a fresh start financially? Think about it financially. Maybe you've gotten yourself into a lot of debt. Maybe you have a compulsive spending problem. Maybe you don't uh, make enough money at your job to keep up with the rising costs of gas and food and everything else that, and housing and everything that just seems to keep going up and up. Maybe you've told yourself, I can't afford stuff. I mean, is, is that where you're locked in? Is, is, it, is, it, is, it a, is it financially where you'd like to give yourself a fresh start? Is it with your health? Maybe you eat stuff you shouldn't and drink stuff you shouldn't, smoke stuff you shouldn't. Whatever. Right? Don't exercise like you should. Whatever the case may be, is it your health? Maybe you believe you have a disease process because you've been told that by the doctors that can't be cured or can't be stopped or can't be fixed or maybe you believe that you've gotten to a certain age so you know it all starts, it all starts breaking down. I mean I can't tell you how many times, like every decade I remember my dad would rehearse, you know, in, in your 40s your vision goes, in your 50s your hearing goes, in your 60s. Right? Whatever. And, And, you know, it's like clockwork, and so we just expect it. It's just, oh, well, my vision's getting back, so I'm getting older. Whatever the case may be. So your health, is it a relationship? Is it a relationship with someone else? Is it a certain maybe negative pattern in your life of anxiety or depression or anger or some kind of compulsive behavior that you have? Whatever the case may be, whatever's locking you into this place of kind of have I hit you yet? Someone, like trying to shotgun everybody, like, like have I, <laughs> have I found where you live yet? Just, and don't, you know, like just take one area, just take one area and just say what would it be like to have a fresh start? So let's, let's just pick one for an example. Let's say financially. In order to give yourself a fresh start, you gotta think about what were the things that have happened to me? and the choices that I have made that have gotten me into this financial condition? What are the actions, what are the choices, what's happened to me that has gotten me into this position? And how am I internalizing those things, meaning how am I thinking about them, how am I feeling about them, What images and pictures am I seeing in my head about this? That is determining, that is keeping me on course. Yeah, you can think about it like an airplane, right? Like you took off and you thought you were headed for Atlanta and somehow you veered towards Tulsa. You thought, I don't want to go to Tulsa, I want to go to Atlanta, right? So maybe it's time to course correct. Correct. But see, what happens is, is we, we get so locked into our story, we tell ourselves, well, I didn't get an education like I needed to, um, I didn't get that promotion like I was supposed to, um, I never get a break, um, whatever, the government's against me, Who? whatever, I don't know what's in your internal dialogue. Oh, I just, I got myself into so much debt, I'll never get myself out. Anybody ever, I, there was time in my life I was in so much debt, I thought, I'm never gonna get out, so I might as well just go into more debt. <laughs> seriously, like, like, seriously, that can happen. Like, like, what difference is this extra $20 gonna do to my $10,000 credit card bill? So I might as well go to Starbucks and use my credit card. <laughs> the new one I got in the mail. <laughs> Because it just seems too insurmountable, right? And so what happens is we just keep collecting all that stuff. And so, but what would happen if you just wiped the slate clean? What would happen if you just gave yourself a fresh start? Maybe you've messed up a relationship. Maybe you've messed up a relationship. What would happen if you just gave yourself a fresh start? That other person may not be willing to give you a fresh start, but guaranteed nothing's going to change if... Money it doesn't. <laughs> what happens if you just forget about it? <laughs> and give yourself a fresh start. And just say, I'm gonna wipe my slate clean. And I'm going to think about what do I want? What potentials are out there? See, here's the thing. What potential would exist for you? What possible outcome could you have? If you gave yourself a fresh start when you hit the reset button on the video games, it's because you didn't get to where you wanted to get as quickly as you wanted to get there. So you hit reset and you start over. Right. You don't start where you were. Usually when you hit reset, you start over. So what would you do differently if you could start over and start doing it now? About giving yourself a fresh start. What about if you just forgot about your flaws? Like you got a knock on the head and the only thing that made you forget was everything that was wrong with you. The only thing that made you forget was your past mistakes. The only thing that made you forget was your flaws. What would that be like? Why can't you access that state of consciousness? You can. You can. You really can. It's not that hard. A lot of it starts with your intention. I'm going to give myself a fresh start. What relationship needs a fresh start? What person... All right, all right so here's where maybe forgiveness comes in. Because forgiveness is a fresh start. That's really what we're talking about. See, when I, when I forgive myself and I let go of the mistakes that I made, getting myself into debt, I can find the resources within myself to make changes to get out of that. <laughs> if I can forgive myself for being in a, you know, being in a certain financial state or whatever, I can find the resources to create abundance. It's easier said than done sometimes. For everybody, it's different. Everybody's different. Some people can just let stuff go like water off a duck's back. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Other people, they, they know they should let go. They want to let go. And, and the the emotional energy is stronger and just sticks around longer. And you're just a little bit more stubborn inside or something like that. Right? right. So it's not like we can say, here's how you forgive. Because it's, it's different for every person. But there's so much power in your intention to say, okay, I'm going to give a fresh start. Just just that thought alone, just waking up every day and saying, I'm going to give myself a fresh start in this area. I'm going to give myself a fresh start about this. I'm going to give this other person a fresh start. That's what forgiveness is. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. Listen, we all make a mess of stuff. Sometimes our expectations are too high. Sometimes motivational messages and spiritual messages about how you can change your life and have what you want and law of attraction and all that stuff, all that does sometimes is create unrealistic, too high expectations that then, guess what? The un- unintended consequence of that is you become bitter because it's not, people aren't doing like they're supposed to, life's not doing like it's supposed to, you're not doing like you're supposed to. People mess up, people are selfish, most of the time people do what they're doing because of you because of them not because of you and somewhere along the way you got to believe people are doing the best they can with what they have and uh, granted some people don't have much <laughs> some people are very green fruit on the tree of life that's right <laughs> but that's where they're at right And demanding them to be ripe isn't going to help. Demanding them to act up to your standards is not going to help either, because it's denying reality, right? So what would happen if you just said, you know, whatever that person did to you, whatever stories, movies you keep replaying and rehearsing over and over in your mind, What if you just cleared that out and said, okay, I'm going to give them a fresh start. And what if, you know, you got to work this out for yourself. Do not come back to me. Do not. This is on you 100%. If you go to somebody to try to work something out and tell them you're giving them a fresh start and they didn't know they needed a fresh start, (laughs) I'm just telling you right now, that ain't going to go very well. And so when you come back bloodied, don't come to me and say, I took your advice and now my relationship's worse than it's ever been. You are the expert on your life. Listen to me. Listen to me very seriously. You are the expert on your life. You are the expert on yourself. Quit looking to everybody else and 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 resources outside yourself to tell you who to be and to tell you how to live because no one else is the expert on your life but you. Nobody else is the expert on yourself but you. And I really do believe with all my heart that God has equipped every single one of you with some kind of internal guidance system. And if you're really honest, the things that have messed you up most in life It's been when you haven't listened to your own internal guidance system and you took somebody else's advice who wasn't an expert in the situation instead of following your own. Right? But there are some of you here that you know you need to give somebody a fresh start in your life. And you know that it would be healing to them and healing to you if you went to them and said, You know what? There's been a lot of water under the bridge. There's been a lot of crap that's gone on. I've made a lot of mistakes. You've made a lot of mistakes. And I'm just here to tell you, whatever you're going to do, I'm going to give you a fresh start. I'm going to start over. I'm going to give myself a fresh start. And that doesn't mean I won't forget (laughs) (laughs) that I gave you a fresh start. (laughs) And here's your, you know, feel free to remind me card. That you can flip out. But how hard can it be? I mean, you, you can't really accomplish anything, change anything, if you don't give yourself a fresh start so let me finish with this so my son my son's amazing right now elijah he just amazes me with his the stuff he comes up with on his own being the expert on his own life <clears throat> he's had some really unique challenges ever since he was little he's, he's had a problem with fear i remember when uh dr o was with us the first time um he just laid hands on elijah and i don't remember how old elijah was he was pretty young and uh we're driving him home and he we he, we get just a little bit away from the church and he says he says hey mommy i'm not afraid anymore mm-hmm. and it's the first time we realized that he was living in a constant state of fear and we've you know i mean we've provided a good safe home so i'm not sure where i have some ideas but it's none of your business anyway where that comes from <sighs> so uh, all right anyway <laughs> So he's still working on some of that stuff. And so he tells me, he says, you know, and and there's been some unfortunate things he's seen on YouTube or that there was one particular thing that he saw on television that was complete accident that just terrified him. I mean, completely traumatized him, this horror thing. And and just, you know, a few months ago, he says, Danny, he says, I'm not afraid anymore. And I said, really? I, I said, what changed? He said, well, he said... I know I can go into my... I can't remember if his iPad or his Switch or whatever it was. You know, one of these devices. He says, I realized I could go in and I could delete old files and old applications. And I realized I could do the same thing in my mind. So I laid in bed before I went to sleep and I thought about all those old things and I just hit the delete switch on all those (laughs) old things in my mind. Isn't that great? And I am not afraid anymore. He's working on his remote viewing now. He, he's, he's figured out if he concentrates on a person and he holds a stone. He's doing this on his own. He concentrates on a person who holds a stone. He can see what they're doing. So my son might be spying on you. But think about that. Maybe it's just a matter of deleting some old files. Maybe it's just a matter of not telling yourself the same story, not replaying the same events, not letting yourself get stuck feeling the same emotions. If you haven't learned how to shift out of a state and into a more positive state, that's the most important skill that you can learn. Because when those feelings start coming and you can shift into a more positive state of mind, you can stop feeling that way. You can delete the old files. And maybe you don't need to reset your video game and give your life a whole new landscape from which to work. Maybe all you really need to do is give yourself a fresh start by going into your own mind and deleting some of the files that have been driving some of the programs that you've been living. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your people today. And thank you for this opportunity to come together. Thank you for the future that we can create together, that it's not set in stone, that we can create it and build it together out of our own intentions, out of our own states of mind. And Lord, I just pray right now for your spirit to touch us and transform us and empower us to delete files. And may we give ourselves and one another a fresh start as we move into the new decade. Amen.